With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and I think that's the the shady uh, backside of, of Big Pickle. There are things going on behind the scenes, and if they want to get after get at somebody they they absolutely can so i think that i think the players have every single reason to be afraid of big pickle i think stakeholders within pickleball have every reason to be fearful of things that they of their actions Mm -hmm. right there's there are vindictive organizations within pickleball that have the ability to pull strings and make your life miserable All right, you guys already know we wear Viore essentially every single day. We are wearing it before they even became a sponsor of this pod. Um, You can go to viore.com slash the dink. You get, what do you get? I always forget. I know that um, you get free shipping on orders of $75 or more. Um, and you get 20% off your first purchase and free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Viori.com slash the dink. I wear their joggers. I wear their athletic shirts. I wear them out. I wear them on the court. I wear them to work out. I wear them when I'm flying. Honestly, Viori is like the best brand right now for uh, versatile clothing. So Viori.com slash the dink. Okay, you ready to get into it? Let's send it. All right, rip it. It's uh, a good old-fashioned Thomas and Zane pod here. A lot to catch up on. Uh, How was your time with the hooligans in the studio last week? That was interesting to watch. Yeah, I liked the the title of that, Zane's House Party. I appreciated that. (laughs) Yeah, and then then they were sending like... uh, they sent a few thumbnails through for my approval, and I was like, the one where they're drinking beer. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Well, hey, we had a record-setting week for the Stop Alzheimer's Now swear jar. So ProXR and Game Plus got the invoices for, for last time, and they're like, what the hell is going on with this episode? So, so yeah. shout out to you guys for uh, to ProXR and Game Plus for sponsoring the swear jar. Hopefully last episode didn't uh, didn't ruin it for him. Yeah, here's the thing. So I told my team, I was like, hey, listen, we're kind of swearing left and right now. Like, is this bad? Is this going to be bad for monetization or are we going to get strikes? So they're looking into it to see the degree to which we can continue to do that. But uh, there might come a, a day where we have to be like, all right, we got to uh, maybe we just have to start bleeping them. But that becomes very tedious very quickly. Bring it in a little bit. Hey, I only had a hundred bucks, but Jason and uh, and Carlos were, were getting after it. So, yeah, they're uh, they're funny guys. I liked um, Carlos's uh, impression. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I particularly liked Annalie Aguas. That was a good one. That might have slipped some people's heads. Annalie Waters. There you go. See, yeah. you got it. You got it. I might have gotten it in a moment, but uh, yeah, I didn't get it right there. Um, okay. All right. This is like, uh, this is probably like our holiday episode. I don't know. Are you going to be able to do one? We haven't talked about this next week at any point. 
Sure, why not? I can make it happen. I'll dress up as Santa. I don't know. Whatever. It'll have to be remote, so uh, we'll figure that out. We got to start getting in the studio, dude. That's the that's the thing. Um, but uh, all right, so I got you a gift, and uh, it's a poem. Oh no! If you'll uh, if you'll allow me, the floor is yours. Tis the season for holiday cheer, and pickleball blessings are many this year. Salaries cut, negotiations had. Select players make seven figures, others moved back in with dad. Some players driving expensive cars they can no longer afford, but at least the contract negotiations didn't leave them completely poor. I mean, look, you still got health insurance and a 401k, and at least you won't be relegated to Siberia to play. We all know when offered the salary revisements, it's not like the players felt pinned. You either get paid less or you essentially do slave labor. Sounds like a win-win. It's all good. Playing pickleball for a living is a blessing, I'd say. Wait, I can't see this line. Shout out Salome. Okay, I'm just joking. I'm actually a fan of Davidze, and there aren't many players I don't like these days. Personality is at an all-time high. We're seeing players' true colors. Pablo flipping the bird, Riley chirping his opponent's mothers. CJ calling out sportsmanship, Leia going off on Twitter, Jilly B daily bombs, lawsuits being served like dinner. But I worry about the Pro Tour funding. What if it does not last? If only they had a nickel for every new pickleball podcast. Propaganda, I mean pickleball.com released their top podcast list. Congrats to those who won, but, but seriously, no, no freestyle boys? What, what gives? On the topic of funds, Pro Pickleball viewership is crucial, so be sure to tune in live. It's very easy. YouTube at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Or was it Amazon Prime? I don't want to miss Ben and AL win for the thousandth consecutive time. Okay, I got it. Switch over to ESPN Plus and create a subscription. It'll be worth it. I say that with conviction. Matches are really getting good now. Stick around, don't go. Finals will air at 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. The Ocho. If this poem doesn't go over well, the team knows the gist. We'll have to delete it faster than a Jim Claus Christmas list. Speaking of Christmas list, go to the dink.shop for the pickleball box. Easily the best gift. Let's make no mistake, pro pickleball is the best sport around. Just ask the players. A whopping 25% think their employers are morally sound. Okay, but actually, should we take that survey serious? 75% of respondents of a tiny fraction of players who only voted because they're already pissed. My sincerest hope is that pro pickleball sends and all this drama is a big nothing burger. But as of late, I'm thinking that's about as likely as this merger. All of this is so confusing, but it's solvable, despite how complex. Kind of like a Rubik's Cube. Sounds like we need to bring in a certain 3-5 at best. This poem has been a little bit negative, so let's change gears. Remember that we will look back on all of this with fondness in a mere few years. Thank God for the comedic relief. Shout out to Trop and Memes. But Big Pickle killed Heishe, and for that, we can only grieve. What an insane time to be in this sport, the fastest growing sport in the world the most passionate fans, old and young, boys and girls. To build something great, sacrifices need to be made and the road won't be smooth. But if we all row in the same direction, pickleball will be undeniable soon. Don't allow the growing pains to distract you from the fact that we've simply never seen a sport grow this fast. We all love the game, enjoy the ride, us pickleballers are lucky. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to our pickleball junkies. Wow.
this has got to be more work <laughs> into this than all other episodes combined. That you is correct. Finish up, you finish up grads or your your MBA program for the semester, and you're a new man. That was impressive. That was that. How long did you do you think that took you? Hour and a half. Okay, but there's a lot to unpack from that. That was yeah. Wow. I had to, I had to remove a lot, um, but uh, yeah. Wow. Once I got going, I couldn't stop myself. You removed a lot. Did Big Pickle get to you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's talk about that. Wow, what a what a segue. <laughs> I want to get your take on Big Pickle, including us, right? Like everybody says, this person's in you know the PPA's pocket. This person's in MLP's pocket. This person is biased toward this organization or these players. Like, what do you think about all this big pickle talk? Do you think there's a big pickle? Do you think there's a degree of that happening? Uh, you know, I would say that there's, uh, when I think of big, whatever, big pharma, big, <laughs> I don't really know. Big pharma is like probably the, the main one, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think of entities that you are afraid to speak out publicly against. Right. So yeah, I mean, there are entities that people are very, very afraid of speaking out against. Um, so I, I absolutely think that the vast majority of people with something to lose in the pickleball industry, not your, not your, you know, not your Odoth or your Maurice the Grease on Twitter, right? right. Those guys don't care. Mm -hmm. Like your people who are really involved and have something to lose from from speaking out yeah they are they are quieted they are silenced by big pickle yeah do you think anybody's being paid in order to censor information do you think anybody's getting paid to censor information yeah yeah are you getting paid to censor <laughs> no we are uh we are very much not getting paid uh, but hey, guys, you guys want to write me a check? Uh, yeah, so Thomas, always open. There's, Thomas, there's always a price. Thomas can be sold to Big Pickle. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's it's it is tricky though, right? Like, uh, you know, the more we grow and the things we're trying to do, covering certain topics is completely touchy, and people get pissed off, and they're not afraid to tell us. Um, but that is that's the business we're in, and uh, we just, as always, I say it, we try and call it down the middle. And uh, I think we're probably the only ones who have been accused of each organization by being uh, of being biased toward the others. And at different times, people accusing us of censoring or spinning information um, to the benefit of every organization, right? So uh, I think that's a product of the fact that we have no alliance and, uh, you know, people are going to be, they're not always going to be happy with what we put out there, so... Yeah. So, so tell me about that, right? So it seems like a media company like like the Dink would be a a perfect example of somebody that has something big to lose by by speaking about speaking out against some of these organizations. Yeah. Do you personally are, are there any uh, any organizations that you feel like you can't criticize? Uh, no, not that we can't criticize, but. When we do, it's uh, made apparent that they're not happy. And, uh, you know, there are things that we can lose, right? Which is access to events, right? You know, you and I going in, you know, sitting courtside and doing podcasts and stuff like that, or us walking around and filming content, 
and using that content um, or, you know, repurposing stream content that can be taken away from us. Right. Um, but that is what it is. You know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna change what we say, uh, in an effort to appease these people. Um, so, you know, what happens happens. I mean, I, I guess that's just the, the way it is. Right. I suppose so. It's unfortunate that, uh, that there's fear of retribution for, for speaking your mind. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm currently facing that. Uh, I'm currently living by the consequences of my statements in August on this entire, uh, on this entire deal. So so? it's a, it's a real, it's a real thing. Like big pickle will get you if you speak out against them or at least attempt to. Are you able to expand on that? Probably one of those situations where you would choose not to because it's in your best interest, right? This is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, I I probably shouldn't, but at this point, I don't know. You know, I'm already a, I'm already a target, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So nothing that I do or say at this point is going to to change that. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, I feel like I'm currently being myself and other MLP loyal players right now in these pay cut negotiations are being punished for our loyalty to MLP, and there's there's no uncertainty about that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you you briefly mentioned the survey results in your um, in your beautiful poem, but. Uh, yeah, it is. It's very difficult to make a public statement or any public uh, show of loyalty without that backfiring. Sure. Like. Sure. I mean, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, if you work for a company and you disparage that company publicly. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that, that's, you know. that's valid. Sure. I, I, I can agree with that line of argument. Uh, you know, I think we need to then define what disparagement is. I'd encourage anybody who who has listened to what I've had to say to to say, you know, is speaking something that is factually correct disparagement? I, I is that disparagement? If you say that the, the 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 sky is blue, but it somehow affects an organization in the in a negative way, is that disparagement? Right. Right. If you're if you're speaking truth, stating facts. Should you be punished for that? I mean, I think the obvious answer is is no. But there's ways punishment can exist covertly, or you know, in a in a more subtle way that's that's not as obvious. And and in and in some ways, you can't prove it or you can't point to it, right? Because there's certain levers that are pulled that aren't exactly explicit. Yeah, and I think that's the the shady uh, backside of of big pickle. There are things going on behind the scenes, and if they want to get at get at somebody, they they absolutely can. So I think that I think the players have every single reason to be afraid of big pickle. I think stakeholders within pickleball have every reason to be fearful of things that they of their actions. Mm-hmm. Right? There's there are vindictive organizations within pickleball that have the ability to pull strings and make your life miserable. Now, 
how long can that happen before there's enough pissed off people that can turn the tides? I think we'll find out very, very shortly how long that can happen. Um, I think at a certain point you have pissed off and manipulated too many people where enough people band together to say, this is wrong, that you can be usurped or brought down a peg. So I genuinely think that pickleball right now, on, as we're filming this on December 19th, I think pickleball at the professional level is at a very, very uh, shaky spot in its existence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are organizations that have always kept their promises. There are organizations that have never kept their promises and there are organizations that sometimes keep their promises. And I think we're in danger of, of professional pickleball being controlled by somebody who has a long history of not honoring agreements or being honest or, or being even necessarily ethical. Who do you think are some of the other, uh, targets, if you will, right? Like, I think there's some obvious players who have been vocal, like, uh, uh, Alea, Jilly B, obviously, um, some others. Like, who else do you think would be in that camp? Um, well, I think anybody who signed Major League Pickleball made a vote with their feet that they didn't want to be a part of the the PPA. Um, so I think anybody that's signed Major League Pickleball has a, has a an immediate target on their back. Well, uh, some the, of them just got better offers, right? I don't. I don't know of anybody that accepted who had multiple offers. I don't know of a single person who had offers from both the PPA and MLP where their MLP offer was a larger dollar amount. Hmm. I don't know a single person. Hmm. Um, now there are certainly people that are that are important to the to the PPA, right? There are certainly people that 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 may have signed with Major League Pickleball that the PPA still wants. But um, so they'll treat them well when they when they're of use. But for how long that they're they're useful, uh, who knows? Hmm. All right. Major League Pickleball posted a picture of Ben John, sort of like you know, like sighing, like frustrated, and they asked their audience to caption it when you blank, and you had the top comment. <laughs> And you said, when you are asked to take a 40% pay cut or will be sent to Siberia, that's where I got the Siberia line in my poem. What did you mean by that? Break that down. (laughs) Well, I would like to first acknowledge that myself, that I am an equal opportunity bullshit caller outer, okay? Whether it's PPA garbage, whether it's MLP garbage, or whether it's APP garbage, USAP garbage, garbage is garbage. Okay. It doesn't, you know, I've, I've been very vocal about my support for major league pickleball. That is, uh, that is strained right now. We'll say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that when all of this happened, right. When all of this happened and, and things sort of settled down with this player bidding war, Mm -hmm. you and I got on here immediately afterwards and talked about how we are going to have to come back to the table and make pay cuts for the sustainability of these leagues. Yeah. That's a non-question in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like we're overpaid. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. 
However, if MLP and PPA are truly coming to a merged entity, I think that you need to have equity across the the leagues, meaning like similarly marketable players should be paid similarly. So here's my thought process. Most major league pickleball players took a substantial amount less money to play for major league pickleball. And we're on, and we're also being asked to take a, a larger percentage of a pay cut. So look, I'm happy with the amount that, that I'm being paid post pay cut, prepay cut, amended amount, whatever. Like I'm happy with my amount, but when, when somebody who already has an inflated contract is only then being asked to take a, a smaller amount of, of a pay cut, that's just simply unfair. It's not, it's equal services, but basically like similarly marketable players are not making anywhere near the same amount of money based on when they signed and where they signed. And you're not talking about like, uh, you know, somebody who's middle of the pack compared to like Ben, right? You're talking about people who are at parallel results skill-wise, debatably. Right. I would say equally marketable players. So let's say somebody who has picked 24th was the MLP uh, contract and 25th was a PPA contract. If they're almost identical players, the PPA player likely signed for one and a half to two to as much as three times as much as they were offered by MLP. Mm-hmm. And now they're being asked to take a 20% reduction when the person who signed with MLP for a third of the money is being asked to take 40%. I mean, the entities are coming together and merging. It seems like they have the opportunity to fix that inequity rather than exacerbate it. Right. Um, so that's the, I think that's the problem with some of these, these pay cuts. And like you mentioned in the, in the poem, you know, the, the alternative to the pay cuts is, is doing clinics and camps, which again, I think is, is reasonable, but they've made very clear that these camps are not revenue generating. I mean, they're, they will generate revenue, but the purpose of these camps is to punish the players that have decided not to take a, a pay cut. And it's that much is, is clear. I mean, you look at the... You mean the assignment of players and how they make those decisions. Though the decisions are meant to punish. It's not like... I just want to clarify. It's not like, they, like they're doing camps and clinics and stuff specifically to punish players. <laughs> like, as you said, it's, it's revenue driving. The, it is uh, masquerading as revenue driving. So when I saw this, the presentation of what your 200 days would look like if, if you um, don't take the, the pay cut, you're signing yourself up for potentially as much as nine hours of clinics on, a, on any given day that MLP owns your rights nine hours of clinics the schedule that i saw was eight to eleven twelve to three and six to nine so you you have nine hours of on court time but you know that's a that's a 13 hour day of work Mm -hmm. and to me it's clear that if you don't take the pay cut they are 
simply just going to attempt to make your life miserable in the uh, with the disguise of oh yeah we need to recover revenue which again the revenue re- recovery thing is is understandable but the way that it's it's rolled out again i think is just i i i don't i think it's pretty clearly punishment but if i have players and i'm paying them for a certain amount of days i'm going to try and maximize their value and if i can put them in clinics i'm going to do that yeah, well then why not put us in clinics for 15 hours in that day? I mean, it's to have a 13-hour day is I think for for multiple days in a row is is ridiculous. Like that's not a that's not a sustainable thing that hardly anybody can can do on the court for teaching 9 hours per day and having your day go from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. That's not reasonable. I mean, I mean I, maybe if it's six, maybe if it's five hours per day, six hours of court time per day, maybe that's reasonable. But it prevents somebody from you can't ever you can't practice it all during that day. Right. I think when it gets down to it, you're going to have those individual conversations around your clinics and what you're scheduled for, and you're going to be able to make selections around how many hours you're going to be out there, what your what your shifts are, and and things like that. And it's not just going to be you; you're going to have other pros. Um, I would doubt you're doing three days of, you know, nine hour clinics back to back to back. I agree. I think when it comes down to it, that's not actually going to happen. I don't think they have interest in administrating clinics for a hundred and some days per year and nobody has interest in, in doing it. I'm saying that the narrative behind the scenes is that these clinic days, if you don't take the reduction are simply punishment for not taking the reduction. Got it. Um, all right. <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm, I'm no, I'm no longer afraid of big pickle. <laughs> Are you? I think, I think there is. Um, I, I think there's just a lot that remains to be seen in all of this. Like I don't think, I don't know. I, I one of the MLP owners actually just texted me and said anything is possible. I was asking specifics about could this happen? Could that happen? <laughs> Um, you know, just sort of painting some hypotheticals. And he was like, literally anything's possible. Like still we're at this point where there's a lot we don't know and we won't know until, um, you know, those days actually come. Uh, Yeah. I mean, as of right now, nobody's that I know of has actually seen this contract modification in writing either. Like, so yeah, that needs to happen. You know, the, the whether or not, Major League Pickleball and PPA merge needs to happen. Uh, you know, there's there are plenty of things that need to happen before anybody steps on a court in 2024. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we keep dancing around it, so why don't we jump into the details? I'm going to read this summary, which ChatGPT was generous enough to uh, to put together for me, um, and then we'll go through some of the the individual points that I thought were very interesting, but essentially this is the CNBC piece. Um, it's about, you know, the, the player collective, uh, the merger, um, this survey. And so I'll, I'll just read through the summary really quickly. Okay. So in professional pickleball a collective of players have formed to address grievances with major league pickleball and the pro pickleball association, particularly over a proposed 40% pay cut. 
Players criticized the leagues for a lack of transparency and adherence to agreements. Despite pickleball's increasing popularity and financial growth, recent leadership changes in MLP have added to the uncertainty. The collective, representing most of MLP's 100 players and led by Jill Braverman, has raised concerns about negotiation tactics and a potential merger with the PPA Tour. Survey results from the collective indicate widespread dissatisfaction with many players feeling unfairly treated. Despite MLP's claims of widespread acceptance of pay cuts, independent estimates suggest a lower rate of acceptance. The future of the league, including significant financial commitments and a potential increase in player salaries, hinges on the successful merger of MLP and the PPA Tour. So one thing I want to ask you about that, this line, the collective representing most of MLP's 100 players. How many players are actually in this collective? Yeah, so... Um... I think every single signed MLP player has joined the the chat and I think only one or two people have, have actually left the chat. You know, we've never done a, a sign up, like sign your name here if you're part of the, the right. collective. Right. That's the easiest way to get a target on your back. Mm-hmm. So there's not a specific number of, of people in the, this collective that are, you know, members, right? Nobody's signed in all right while zane uh puts murray outside i'm gonna read the rest of these notes here so i got him i got him i got him no I'd more say barking, Murray. 75 percent about participation in in this collective got it okay and then how do you know how many players actually took that survey um i don't have i don't have insight into that because back to one of my lines in the poem it's like you know to what degree can we take the survey seriously knowing that we're already dealing with a subset of players who have indicated they prefer MLP over PPA, right? So there's probably just going to be an inherent bias there. Uh, but then we also don't know what subset of players within that subset of players responded to the survey. And I would say you're more inclined to take the survey and deliver criticism if you're already pissed off and you have grievances, right? The dissidents are more likely to speak up than those that feel they're in a good spot, right? So yeah. So to, to backtrack to your to your question, I don't know the exact uh, number, but I know that I think about <clears throat> 70 to 75% of players have participated in one way or another or in these surveys. Mm-hmm. So like there is there is widespread participation mm-hmm. among these uh, in these surveys and in the chat. Got it. Okay. I think um, any any rumor that this is just like <clears throat> a couple of pissed off players, I think is is invalid with with certainty. Yeah, but because these players, many of them, want to remain anonymous, and it's difficult to uh, attach names to it, and we don't have a hard count, you can understand why there would be skepticism around what these results actually indicate. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I would say it's the the word of, of one against the other. Uh, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're doing a, a, I think the player collective comes out. Okay. In that, if we're trusting one's word against the other. So let me read through the rest of these points. Okay. So salaries and major league pickleball, these are just sort of interesting notes. I, I wanted to touch on. So Salaries in Major League Pickleball range from 30000 to $2 million per year. I mean, that is quite the disparity. I think we were 
running with this narrative that everyone was making six figures, 401k, health insurance, comp travel. But now we're seeing, you know, some people are being played, paid as low as uh, 30 grand a year, which is interesting to me, something I didn't know. Did you know that some of the salaries were that low? No, I didn't. Yeah. And so being asked to take a, a 40% <laughs> cut of, of $30,000 has got to be pretty, pretty rough. Sounds right. like uh, that doesn't seem like it's the best place to, to start with some of those cuts. I wish we could see a median and an average, but um, so pay cuts range from 60% to 40%. And one of the things I wanted to call out was like early, some of the language was even Ben and AL are taking six figure pay cuts. But when you think about it, you know, it's a, it's a clever way to phrase it because 10% of 2 million is 200,000, which is multiple six figures. But you're still making 1.8 million, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, wording's important. We found out that uh, that a playoff is different than a super final, Thomas. Right. Yeah, I'm still unclear on that whole thing. Yeah, a playoff is not a super final. We found that one out. Yeah. Um, and similarly, right, going from 100,000 to 60,000, taking that 40% pay cut, um, you know, that is much more significant, right? Um. Let's see. So, what are your what are your thoughts on all this, Thomas? I mean, I know the I know the listeners don't normally care, but I'm <laughs> genuinely curious. <laughs> I think it's great that the players are coming together. I think they need to encourage more participation. I think that some of these players who are lead figures in the sport should start acting like it more, right? Uh, and sticking up for their fellow players so that everybody has a, a beneficial outcome to just sort of take your deal because you, know, you got the red carpet treatment and then just be silent because, well, who cares about them? I'm all set. I think is wrong. And I think the player collective should have everybody included and it shouldn't just be an MLP thing. It should be a PPA thing and an APP thing, Right. And I just think the players should truly come together. I think this is a good start. It's a step in the right direction. Um, but I don't know. I would I would say, hey, it's certain players in the sport, if they were to say something, uh, you know, they could really make some noise and have a really positive impact. But many of them choose to be silent versus advocating for, you know, their their fellow players and. Eventually, these players are going to be, you know, on the wrong side of just age, right? And, uh, you know, they they won't be a top player still. And they're in, in that moment, they're going to wish that they had sort of stuck up and made sure everybody was getting a, a great outcome. Uh, and if there's conversations like this in the future, they're going to want their fellow players to stick up for them even though maybe they're, you know, 35, 40 now and not performing like they used to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's look, that's, it's tough when a really good deal is presented to you at the expense of, of others. That's a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to, to turn down. Uh, you know, I do think that we have a, a responsibility now to, to I think stand up for what's better for for everybody, um, and 
and also responsibility to understand that like, yes, what's better for everybody also includes what's better for these entities. Like pay cuts yep. Yep. are reasonable, but let's come to a spot that's equitable, right? Let's come to a spot where, you know, your person who's making $30,000 to begin with doesn't need to take a cut. Let's come to a spot where, you know, where it's done equally, right? Or, or in a way that benefits benefits everybody. And, and the way that this has been rolled out certainly doesn't doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I think players who have who've created something or who have a have a voice, I think they should I think they should should state their opinions. You know, if big pickle, if enough people speak out against big pickle, there's there's strength in numbers, right? Right now, I'm getting hammered because I'm the only one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. come on, guys, join me. It's all right over here. It's okay. We're doing all right. Um, okay, so 85% of the 2023 premier level players agreed to reductions. Were you one of those 85%? No, and I, that's patently false. We've, we've independently verified that that is absolutely incorrect. Okay. At, the, at the time that that was being um, sent out. Right. It could be the case now. Um, I would bet my life savings that it's not. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and so you have not agreed to the pay reduction at this point. I've not. Again, I'm 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 willing to. It's 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 not a matter of of pay. It's what's it's doing what's correct. I the the dollar amount is not the issue that I have right now. I would I would absolutely play pickleball for. For the uh, with a forty percent reduction here, like it is, it is standing up for I think what's right in this situation, which mm-hmm. is making sure that this is done in an equitable manner. Yeah, one interesting thing that I think everybody glossed over, and I kind of I, I kind of lack in clarity on what this actually means. But MLP also said this is a quote. MLP also said they are at capacity. At capacity is in quotes and not doing any more reductions. It added that if players who have accepted a reduction want to change back to their original deals, we would be open to that. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, what does capacity mean? What, are, what does that mean if they're at capacity? I, I don't quite understand. Does I think it's interesting. Aren't, ta- aren't allowing anybody to take the, the additional pay cuts? Maybe, I, I don't but, know. but why yeah. would that? Why would that? Maybe because they need certain numbers of work days based on like the clinic and event schedule. I think that is was just a another high pressure negotiation tactic that failed. Hmm. Um. All right. Here's another line that I thought was super interesting. In MLP's oh, Thursday Thomas, on, on that on that last note too, I know that they're still accepting pay cuts. Like so, I. Yes, I know that that's, I don't believe that to be true. Well, I I don't think they were saying that they aren't accepting any more pay cuts. They're just saying that if you took one and wanted to revert to the original deal, they would be open to that. But yeah, I guess what does that mean? If you took one and want to revert to the original deal, okay, so you are, you took your 40% pay cut for a 40% reduction in days, but if you want to revert back to 200 days, you can. 
Yeah. I can't imagine they're saying we'll give you back your full salary. That's what they're indicating here. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I think there would need to be some some clarification on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I need a lot of clarification. Uh, in MLP's Thursday letter, the league also touts that MLP owners have pledged an additional ten million annually to fund operations and will be receiving another fifty million on January first. Overall, after amended player agreements, there will be a three hundred percent increase in total player salaries in twenty twenty four versus twenty twenty three. It adds. Um, so they're just that last line is just trying to you know fluff it, spin it in a in a more positive light. Um, but interesting that they were able to get the owners to pledge an additional ten million annually, and then they're receiving another fifty million. Maybe that's just in reference to that original capital infusion from Jason Stein and Al Tylus. I assume that's not another fifty million on top of that. Um, yeah. yeah, that'd be my that that's that would be my assumption there. Uh, but that indicates to me that they're you know they're extending their runway, which you know is uh, is a positive sign. Um, but this really, so I I took this quote and I sent it to my team today, and I was like, "Did you guys miss this? Because I missed this, and it's like the most interesting part of this whole piece." That was it the was, last sentence from that. Yeah, uh, if the merger is not completed by January thirty first, twenty twenty four. Right, so the end of January, these new agreements will be null and void, and deals will revert to the contracts you signed with MLP or PPA, which will leave the future viability and sustainability of MLP uncertain. What? <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, uh, that's uh, why this. That's... Why even like. Why, why talk about it? this arbitrary deadline, right? Like, and why would there be this deadline? I mean, to me, this would look like an internal date. Why would you publicize this? Um, and why would you say that your future sustainability is is at risk, right? When sponsors look at that or get or see that, it's already been picked up on the in the CNBC article. When sponsors take a look at that, are, do you want to now sponsor MLP or PPA? when when um yeah like you know nike comes in and, and sees that they're gone right or and that's pretty bad leverage in any form of merger deal right you're talking about merging with somebody and the, the ppa sees this email obviously you're like oh well if we don't close this deal by January 31st, their cert, their future is unknown. Well, maybe we just let them fall apart and pick up the pieces later. Yeah, right? I mean that that was that was a bizarre piece of this email that I think was simply intended to be again another negotiating tactic with players, another way of pressuring players. Like we need to get this merger done. We need to get your pay cuts done so that we can merge. And if not you might not have a contract. Right. Well, you revert to the the old contract. Uh, it's interesting to me because it's like, okay, so if the merger doesn't happen, you revert back to um, the previous scenario, which is shaky ground. The reason the merger happened is because the viability of the league in its previous circumstance was obviously very risky. And so the merger made the most sense. But 
even if the merger goes through, something that I thought was very interesting is that some Major League Pickleball events, PPA players won't be forced to play. That's a possibility. That's even if the merger goes through? Yeah. So, and I actually, I wanted to make sure, right? So I texted people from both MLP and PPA, leaders in those organizations. I asked them that, like, is this true? Uh, One said yes. One said no, that's not true. And one said, dude, anything is possible. (laughs) So... You know, again, I, I I don't know, but it would be crazy for this merger to go through and then, you know, the top PPA players aren't playing Major League Pickleball. Yeah, I mean, that would be brutal for, for Major League Pickleball. I think, I, I definitely think that needs to, somebody needs to get to the bottom of that. Somebody who's voting on whether or not this merger happens needs to, to know the answer to that question. And honestly, as a player, I would love to know the answer to that question too. But we haven't, uh, you know, one of the other elements of that survey is we really haven't had any answers to any questions. And yeah, it's a real, it's just sort of uncertainty across the board. And, you know, the, the number one thing that people can't make decisions off of is uncertainty. You can make decisions based on good news. You can make decisions based on bad news. You can't make decisions based on no news. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you covered it on the last episode, this Major League Pickleball Dutch auction. Uh, so bringing back the premier and challenger in promotion and relegation for 2024. So that's that's now the case again. There will be a premier level and a challenger level. You can be promoted or relegated. Um, through the auction, they were able to raise an additional $4.8 million. So the $4.8 million then they also have the MLP owners pledge an additional $10 million for 2024. So all of a sudden, they have $15 million that they didn't have previously, which to me is a pretty – that's a pretty positive signal, right? Uh, along with the pay cuts and the staff reduction, it sounds like they've really extended their runway. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the rumor is that Major League Pickleball could go uh, bankrupt. I don't find any – I don't think that's a valid rumor whatsoever. Obviously, they have a lot of, of, of expenses that they need to cut. But also, none of these team owners are going to see their multi-million dollar investments go down to, to zero, meaning like they can do other things. They can have voluntary capital calls. They can sell more teams. They had this duck, Dutch auction. Um, I'd say that there's there's no way that these guys simply liquidate um, I don't think that's a that's a realistic a realistic thing. At least with the at least with the owners that I speak with, they don't want to simply walk away from this and let their investment yeah. go down to zero. Right. Yeah. So in 2025, now the top four challenger teams will be moved into Premier, which means that in future years there will be 16 Premier League teams and only eight challenger teams. Uh, so if you have confidence that you're going to draft well, why spend that, what ended up being $400,000 to be in Premier in 2024? Why not pay nothing, uh, draft well, and compete to get back into Premier? And, um, you know, because they're going to take four teams from from Challenger. So I thought that was uh, 
that was also pretty interesting. Yeah, and it's, I think it's, you know, I think that just where the teams ended up too is is interesting, right? Like, you know, the a couple of the champions, the the Hard Eights and the Chicago Slice decided not to to you know put in, I guess, big enough bids to to enter in. So I think they're maybe just confident that they can draft well enough in in challenger to get promoted so um yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting take um then again you know the orlando squeeze drafted well and uh they said hell yeah let's get in premiere right away let's go let's keep the momentum going Uh, all right gotta break it out did you see that we launched the pickleball box i did what's in it open it I don't want to kill too much time here because I know you got a hard stop. So I'm going to do that once you're out of here. But um, the dink.shop, gear, apparel, accessories, delivered to your doorstep, over $250 of value in every box. You only have to pay 99 bucks for it. Murray's ruining my ad. Just go to the dink.shop. Check it out. I mean, honestly, if you just like pickleball, if you play a lot of pickleball, it's you're you're it's just very cool like you're gonna enjoy it but then also like if you know anybody who plays pickleball it's the perfect gift debatably um is it the gift that you had for me do i get one of these or what oh my gift my gift was a poem dude (laughs) um worse than when i got socks for christmas as a six-year-old i put a lot of time into that poem that's kind of messed up i know all right message received maybe we'll just scrap the poem um (laughs) I liked the poem, Thomas. I'm just kidding. All right. And also, so we're going to be doing a giveaway to listeners of this episode. So comment, like, and be subscribed to the channel for a chance to win. Zane? Murray was (laughs) – this is is brutal. I've got nowhere to – Murray barks at every car that goes by. But uh, I'm happy to to contribute a, a Pro XR Zane signature paddle. Um, yeah, do whatever it is that Thomas said that you have to do, and <laughs> you can win one of those. I can sign it. I cannot sign it. We'll just have to to go back and forth on that. But uh, enter the giveaway. It'll be fun. It'll be great. Thomas, you should give away a pickleball box. But what am I? Who am I? Who am I to say? We'll be we'll we'll definitely be doing some giveaways with the pickleball box here soon. But uh, yeah, so just make sure you comment on this episode, like it, subscribe to the channel. You'll get bonus points for the funniest comment. So there you go. There's a little incentive. I like that. Um, But all right. So in the midst of all this, right, I just want to touch on the fact that here is the APP slinking along in the shadows, continuing to expand while the PPA and MLP fight it out. So, APP, we already know they're focusing on their international tournaments. So they've got England, Spain, Sweden, Australia, and there's another announcement coming soon in a big market that I think uh, we already know there's traction. Uh, They have a high school pickleball tournament in Indiana for all the Midwest states, the collegiate championships, offering, offering cash prize. They just announced this, okay? The APP U.S. Collegiate Championships held in Janu- on January 3rd and 4th will feature college teams and players from across the country competing for 50000 in scholarship money and a spot in the national broadcast on CBS Sports Network. So that's pretty interesting. Okay, so we've got their international plays. 
they are catering to the younger demo with this collegiate championship. Uh, and they are doing a high school tournament. Wait, that's what I just said. Sorry. Okay. I confused the two. So there's a high school pickleball tournament in Indiana for all the Midwest high schools. And then there's the collegiate championship, which is January 3rd and 4th, 50000 in scholarship money. And I assume like the finals would be broadcast on CBS Sports Network is what they're saying. Um, that's badass. You called it, dude. You said that they're going to be the the cockroach. And I was like, man, so that's they, brutal. Turns yeah. out they weren't happy about the cockroach comment. So we have to come up with a different way of saying that, <laughs> which well, I, what's new, what's I understand. Because I've actually grown on – the cockroach thing has grown on me. I think it makes – it makes sense. Now it's maybe it's a little bit demeaning, but I think you did actually genuinely mean it as a as a compliment. Yeah, I did. And I explained that. So Tom Webb, because we tweeted out something about them being a cockroach, and we meant it positively. But Tom Webb, their CMO, texted me. He was like, "Dude, seriously?" And I was like, "No, listen, it's like a good thing." Um, but I'm not done with what the APP is doing. Okay, so pro players competing in AT in APP tour majors in 2024 will be battling out for a minimum prize fund of 150,000 per event while primary events will feature funds of at least 100,000 per event uh, so they've raised prize money across the board okay and as we know they've introduced their team based format it'll be featured at five tour stops as a single day competition of singles doubles and mixed doubles play with pros vying for their share of a $100,000 prize pool so remember when Major League Pickleball was like $100,000 for the winning team and we were all like, whoa, that's crazy. Doesn't, that wasn't that long ago. Um, and now the APP is doing the same thing. And one interesting note on that, the original MLP commissioner, Jenny Klitsch, is now at the APP. She's the one who invented the Dream Breaker. At least that's what people say. I'm sure maybe Steve would, would argue that um, or some others. Um, but now she's the senior vice president of pro relations and competition at the APP. That's uh, Maddie Pickles' aunt. Shout out. So APP, never count them out. They're always going to hang around. They're moving some pieces on the board right now. And uh, I don't know, they're doing some some interesting stuff. It sounds like they've got some announcements on the way. Yeah, I like, I mean, I really like the, uh, I like moving into the junior and the collegiate stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's tried and true in, in tennis. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of jobs and a lot of demand for, for that type of stuff in tennis. And, you know, as this trends more towards a scholarship sport, which it inevitably will be, you know, there's going to be all types of academies, all types of people looking to get their kid into some good coaching so that they can get a scholarship to a, a school like yeah this is all this is all happening and it's pretty cool that it's already being picked up by cbs yeah duper's the other one who's really um pushing along this this college pickleball it's it's honestly pretty crazy what's what's going on there i think that is growing a lot faster than anybody really realizes mm -hmm. um but i think college pickleball could be huge yeah, I mean, you can have what other sport can you really have like a co-ed team? You know, there's track, there's uh, I think it's track. I don't really know what else there is where there's co-ed teams. Yeah, I don't. That's I mean, I know there's equestrian. I, I have no idea. I've never. I'll have to ask my buddy Amin from the from the Orlando Squeeze, big equestrian guy. Um, Fortnite. 
but that's a different. <laughs> what do you think about uh, any any twenty twenty four rule changes jump out to you? Um. So USA Pickleball released their yearly uh, rule changes. I, I will say that they aren't as drastic as some of the the previous years. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully they bring back the chainsaw. Let's uh, let's let's leave that for the for the next episode. We can go through some of those. I would I would hate to uh, hate to just sort of breeze over those a little bit. Okay, we'll we'll save that for uh, next week. What do you think about your? All right, Tommy. You have to go. Let me, no, 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 no. Let me end on on this. We okay. got a question from the the Stop Alzheimer's Now uh, okay, okay. jar, and we'll end on this on a high note. Who do you cast for if okay of if pro pickleballers were going to go on an island to do Survivor? Who do you cast? You you have to pick eight pro pickleball players. Just yeah. maybe pick your your top couple. Here here's what I would. If I'm picking in order of who I think would be good at it, right? Okay. So no, 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 no. Who do you cast? It's not who's good at it. It's who do you cast? You're the director. Well, then I just pick all the hotheads. And the anybody who's most likely anybody who is uh, known for paddle tossing, they're in. Okay. Um. So, Alshon. Okay. Um. Uh. DJ. Okay. Um. I mean, we're putting Jilly B in there. I mean, that's it's just an oh, that's, that's an obvious one. Uh, we are gonna put in so, so closet hotheads, people who are like quiet, but when you when you poke them the right way, they go off, right? Which is like a Stocksrud or a Pablo. Pablo, yeah. Cole, I mean, I mean, you could have some great content if you put AJ and Federico on there. Yeah, put them on the same team. Yep. I think you got to have Salome in there. Yep. For she's some wi- reason, I feel she's like she's willing to do what's necessary. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll put you in there because I think you're good at uh, you put the nice guy face on, but there's always something. Your wheels are always churning. I mean, that's that's fair. How do you think you would do? I, I think that's a good cast. I feel like it's a little male heavy. You know, uh-huh. I think we need somebody who's maybe just like out of their their depth. Right, like somebody who's not manipulative, somebody who's super nice. I feel like we have to toss in like a, like an Etta or a Mary Brasha. Yeah, like I was gonna say Brashas. Super nice. Yeah. And then just watch them turn and into a uh, a backstabbing winner in Survivor. Yeah, I like it. Um, okay, all right, we can do this next week. Yes, sir. We have to. We got. We got more to cover. Yeah, there's a lot more. But this ended up just being all about that CNBC piece, basically. So um, more to come. All right. More to come. That's Pickle Pod. Thanks, Murray. Murray says Pickle Pod. (laughs) (laughs) All right, later. All right.